Good morning. Uh, it's great to have the opportunity to be bringing you the Word of God this morning. Uh, my name is Richard Burgess, and I'm one of the leaders here at Gateway Church. Well, we're in this series on radical discipleship. Last week, Barney spoke to us about grace and uh, how important that subject is. And this morning, we're looking at the subject of living in union with Christ. But before I dig in, as Pam and I were praying this morning, as we were doing our reading and prayer together, we were reading the scripture relating to the man who was possessed by demons, and uh, he was very, very troubled, bound up in chains, and nobody could do anything with him. And, and then he met Jesus, and Jesus asked him, what is your name? And that is so, so powerful. And uh, Jesus says, what is your name? And he says, legion. And I, I just really believe as we go through these series, and particularly over the next couple of weeks, that uh, Jesus is wanting to call forth our true identity. And what was happening here was that as Jesus asked him, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. He had been overcome by the enemy. He'd become empowered by the enemy. He was confused by the enemy. He didn't know who he was. But Jesus was asking him what his true name was. And I believe today and over these next couple of weeks or so that Jesus wants to challenge you, wherever you are, to call forth your true name, your true identity in him. So just be encouraged by that word as we look into this uh, series. I wonder, if I was to ask you what is a Christian or what makes a Christian, I, I wonder what your answer would be. It might be that I, I've said the sinner's prayer or I prayed and asked Jesus to be my savior or I believe that he lived and he died for me I be, or I believe that he made me right with God. Or I recognized Jesus and his claims over my life and submitted to him. All good answers, but according to Paul, the apostle, that isn't the complete answer. For Paul, you see, to be a Christian was more than knowing facts about Jesus and trusting those facts to be true. It was to participate in Christ, one of his favorite expressions. It was to participate in his life, to live in union with him. And when I thought about the title, I was trying to see whether I could come up with a, a more sort of uh, with it today word, and I couldn't find any looking through the, the books in any way whatsoever. So I've, I've stayed with living in union with Christ. This is Paul's favorite expression, and it's scattered throughout his letters some 80 times or more. Now, many of the books that uh, teach us about discipleship today, interestingly, they don't reference them. That many of them that I've looked at, that I've got on my bookshelves, I've, and I've, I've been going through them, there's no reference to living in union with Christ. And yet it's fundamental to the Christian life. It's fundamental to being a disciple. It was more than intellectual knowledge about facts about Jesus and his salvation. It was, it's about an intimacy, a unity with Christ himself. And to some extent, there's a bit of a mystery to it. God is spirit, but we also are spirit, soul, and body. And there's this, this sense that it, our spirit can be united to his spirit. So in thinking about discipleship, there's a very real danger of starting out on the wrong foot. Uh, you can think, well, now I'm saved. I, I need to live for Jesus. I, I've got to read my Bible. I've got to pray. I, I need to go to church. I've got to witness. Uh, I've got to live differently. Uh, and we put a lot of effort into it, and we try really hard. Perhaps faced with challenging situations, we might ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And we try to ascertain what he might do in order to guide our actions. 
we hear messages that call us to greater commitment and everything becomes about doing, doing, doing and trying harder, uh, uh, only to find out that somehow it's, it's just beyond us and we can end up uh, uh, disappointed because we, we can't overcome sin perhaps or frustrated because things are not turning out as we thought they might do. And the reason is we've started on the wrong foot. The first principle in discipleship is in being. And more, it is the very principle that governs the Christian life. When Jesus first called people to him to be his disciples, it was first of all a call to be with him, to learn of him. In Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Before ever his disciples would go and do, they had to be with him and learn. So the gospel, before anything else, is about life in Christ. It's about this new life that we have in him. It calls us not to, to live out our own lives with Christ or for Christ, but to live out our new lives in Christ. And there is a world of a difference there. The first approach is, has a tendency to focus on me and my efforts. The second, on Jesus. The first is prone to, to weakness and frustration and failure. The second to, to fullness of life. The first one frustrates the grace of God. The second one releases it. Yes, we can frustrate that very grace that uh, Barney was talking to us about last week. We know the grace of God in our lives, but we can actually frustrate it. And, but the second approach releases it, and we can live into all that God calls us to. So where these phrases that Paul uses, in Christ, Christ in you, Christ our life, abiding in Christ as Jesus calls us to, uh, and they're not figures of speech, but they are blessed facts, they are glorious realities. doesn't matter what you feel at this moment in time, if you know Jesus, this is true of you and it's true of me. You see, our faith is not in a saviour who is out there somewhere, or simply in the facts of history regarding his, his life, his death, and his resurrection and ascension, but in one who has indeed come into our hearts, who abides with us, who dwells within us by his Spirit, who is indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that in the Christmas story, he was present in physical flesh, but today he is present with us through his Holy Spirit. We are both in Christ and Christ in us. That is glorious truth. In Jesus, then, we have been drawn into the very life of God itself. As Henry Scalger put it, he said, the life of God in the soul of man. And that, that seems perhaps where you are and what you're going through at this moment in time. You think, I can't get my head around that. Well, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal these truths to you as we go through this morning's message. Or as Peter put it, we are partakers in the divine nature. I am not on my own anymore. I am a partaker in the divine nature. And if you are in Christ, you are a partaker in the divine nature. 
and you have everything that you need for life and godliness. Let me just share with you just for a few brief moments something of the blessings of being in Christ. So in Christ we are justified freely forever. We are forgiven. We are justified. I am not earning my salvation, therefore. I am sanctified in Christ. In other words, I am made holy in him. He is my holiness. So when I think about a holy life, I am living from holiness, not moving towards it. I died with Christ in regard to sin. Therefore, the potential for sin is is still there because I still live in a broken world, but I have died in my relationship to it. I have been raised with Christ. We've been raised with Christ, and therefore we can live in victory over sin. And then there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ this morning, there is never going to be any possibility again that you could ever be condemned, that you could ever be judged in Christ. And therefore, I don't need to live in guilt or fear, for he has loved me, he has justified me. I am forgiven, I am clean, I am his. And then I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is, above all those authorities and those powers that would seek to to undermine our faith and our lives. And then we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are made abundantly rich in Christ Jesus. We are are resourced from heaven in our daily lives. And our lives are hidden with Christ in God. They are wrapped up in him, in the heart of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so therefore we are safe, we are secure, we are protected. And then Christ is our life. But as we think about this living in union with Christ, there are two extremes which people can go to, and and neither of them are good. There, There is the extreme of separate identities, and much of modern evangelicalism, much of modern evangelical thinking and practice tends to lean in this direction, where the emphasis of, yes, I'm saved, and now it's on personal effort. It's me and Jesus. And it can be more about the self-life than the God-life. And it ends up leading to de- depletion and disappointment. And we can only be sure of God's presence as much as, our, as much as we perform. It depends a lot on how I'm performing as to how my emotional life feels in God. And not only that, we can end up blaming God for the ups and downs of life, the difficulties of our lives. So we, we see, we're over on this end and we see the, this extreme where we have two identities. It's me and Jesus. But over on the other side of it, we have this other extreme of of total union where people see themselves that Christ is everything. It's just Jesus. It's not me anymore. There is no personal identity and therefore no personal responsibility. And it leads to pretense and the not facing of reality, a denial even of reality. And so we come to what we we call the happy middle where we are united in Christ, but we are distinct. We are united, but distinct. We are in Christ. We have our own distinct identity, and we are free to make choices. Galatians 2 verse 20 is a a powerful verse, and I would 
commend it to you to memorize this verse and to, to speak it out over your life. I have been crucified with Christ. Yes, we have been crucified with him. We have died with him. And therefore, it's no longer I who live. I, I have died to the type of person I was and the life I lived. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So somehow Christ has now come to live in me, says the Apostle Paul. So, and then he goes on, he says, and the life I now live, and so here we have his identity. So Christ is living in him, and now he says, but nevertheless, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we see there that, yes, though we're in Christ, and though Christ is in us, we have not lost our identity. There is a union there in Christ Jesus. And I've got another slide here, which kind of tries to, I've tried to map it out a little bit, just to show you. So the first one there, so Jesus in me. And then the second one in the middle there, me in Jesus and then the third one, me in Jesus, in God. Sometimes images help us to comprehend those things, and we'll think a little bit more about those as we go along. But yes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, there is a very real danger when we, we take the, the first instance there of, 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 of um, having separate identities, one of those two extremes, that we end up trying to be better moral versions of ourselves. But that is not the aim of the gospel. We, it's not about becoming better moral versions of ourselves, but becoming ourselves in Christ. So Paul in Christ, Richard in Christ, Pam in Christ, and you might put your name there, whoever you are in Christ. And so inhabiting him that we manifest his moral identity. That is a tremendous thought, and it's an empowering thought indeed. And we come to another slide just here, and in this one I, I'm asking the question, and it's a, a question that we need to think of when, when we live in relation to Jesus Christ in this aspect of living in union with him. Is he a guest or is he a, the host in your life? Is he the guest or is he the host? You see, so for so many of us, perhaps he's a guest, he's occupying a room somewhere, and we give him acknowledgement from time to time, but Jesus actually wants to be the host. The last time I spoke was out of Ephesians 3 and verse 17, and in Paul's prayer there, where he's praying for the Ephesian church, he prays that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, and if, you were, if you've listened to that, we, we spoke about the fact that it has an, an increasing nature to it, that Jesus lives within us, but there can be an increasing dimension to his living within our very being. And so it's helpful sometimes to think of this in the terms of rooms, a bit like a house. Is he a guest and he's just got his rooms and you keep him there and you, you go in and you see him occasionally? Or is he the host uh, over the whole house where you are welcome with him? So how do we live this life in union with Jesus Christ? How do we encourage this life and give Jesus greater space within our own hearts and lives? How do we make him the host? 
Number one, recognize that it is a fact. That if you have come to the cross, if you've come to Jesus, if you've repented of your sins, if you've confessed your faith in him, you've received him as your savior and Lord, that you are in Christ. Now, you might feel very much as if your feet are firmly planted on the earth, and that's okay. But something has dynamically happened to you. It is a fact that you are in Christ. And so what I would encourage you to do day by day is to practice an active identification by faith in him. Because this is the defining truth of who you are. And your life is now enfolded in his Secondly, recognize that he's not come to be that guest, but to be the host. Practice unconditional and daily surrender in every part of your life. As you get up each day and you turn your heart and your mind towards him, as you progress through the day and you have opportunity to turn your heart and mind towards him, practice that unconditional surrender that daily surrender, that hour-by-hour surrender, whereby you give him space and you say, you are the host. Lord Jesus, uh, do please guide me. Do please fill me. Do please use me. Recognize also that it is something that we grow into. It is not something that happens overnight. It's, it's rather like marriage. You, two people fall in with, love with one another and they think they know one another and, and they get married and they, they're on that journey. But as the journey goes on and on, you find, you find there is a growing and increasing in knowledge of one another. So it is something that we grow into. So I want to say to you this morning, wherever you are, don't be discouraged. But I also want to say to you, wherever you are today, that there's room for growth in your life, that you can grow in your knowledge of him, in your experience of him. You can grow in this union that you have in Christ Jesus. And we can do that by also making much of Jesus. That is to to be thinking about him. Go to your Bible and and read the Gospels. Meditate on Jesus as you see him in the story, as as you hear his voice, as you listen to him praying, as you see him acting in healing and delivering and so on, as you see his compassion for the lost. Consider him, and in considering him, take time to to commune with him, to to be with him, and to, to delight in him. The writer to the Hebrews says this. He says, consider him in Hebrews 3 and verse 1. And that word consider means to to contemplate. It means to to participate. It means to, to delight and to dwell in him. Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 talks about beholding the Lord. And as we behold him, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. The enemy wants to get you and I looking at ourselves. And he wants us to get us focused on areas of our lives that will will pull us downward like a, like a, a, a vortex that just sucks us in. But we look away unto Jesus and we behold him. And as we behold him, we're transformed. We're changed from one degree of glory to another. And another way we can do this is to to make use of the means of grace, those things that God has supplied for us, which can seem quite ordinary, like attending church, being online with us, uh, being in the place of prayer, being taking part in communion, making use of the means of grace because God comes to us through those means and he reveals his heart to us and he touches our lives. 
that we need to exercise that. We need to do that in faith. We can come to church coldly and indifferently, much like we might go to any other social gathering. We can go to a prayer meeting like that. We need always to be engaging our faith. And then we need to cultivate uh, a dynamic faith in Christ by faithful obedience apart from feelings. Oh, how easy it is today in a world which looks so often at our emotions and our feelings to, to get drawn into them and we, we live by our feelings. And I, I don't feel like this and I don't feel like that. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like this or that or the other. And when, when the feelings lead us, we are in trouble. We are led uh, by the word of God. We are led by cultivating our faith in Christ in faithful obedience apart from our feelings. And then we need to cultivate an awareness of Christ and an appreciation of his love with a constant leaning uh, into his grace by his spirit. Yeah, just to, to slow down life, to cultivate that awareness of his presence, to cultivate an appreciation of his love and a constant leaning into his grace by his spirit. We, we heard Barney talking last week about the grace of God, and it's amazing. But we, we can nullify it. We can nullify it by taking our eyes off Jesus. We can nullify it by trusting in ourselves. We can nullify it by trying to do the Christian life in our own effort. And that was the problem that Paul was addressing. We nullify the grace of God. Yes, we're experiences of his saving grace, and we can't lose that but we can nullify its effect in our lives. So we need that awareness of Christ, appreciation of his love, and constant leaning into his grace by the Spirit. And then a, a cultivating of an awareness of Christ in community. We thank God for the body of Christ, and we are one body in him, and, and we can cultivate that awareness of Christ in one another and recognize it and bless it and appreciate it. And so, as you look at this subject, you realize it's a big subject. And I've really just been going over this and scratching the surface of it. And I, and I hope it's enough to, to provoke your inquiry, enough to send you to your knees, enough to send you to the scriptures, enough to, to send you into the place of worship and devotion, where you can learn more of him. But here we are living this life uh, this life where we're blessed in this wonderful way, but it, sometimes it seems as though life is so ordinary. Sometimes it seems as though the Christian life is so difficult. But in applying some of this to our own lives, I want you to be very aware that the very trials and the difficulties that you're experiencing at this moment in time, those things that you wish would just go away or you could walk away from are the very opportunities right there in front of you to press into the life of Christ and for the life of Christ to be manifest in you. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about the trials that he had been experiencing and how they seemed to be bringing death in him day by day. But he says that, that, that out of that death came forth life, the life of God. And so it was that he was not only blessed, but that he was a blessing. And so... Maybe that's you today. Maybe there are issues that you would like to walk away from, issues that you would just wish would go away. But actually in the Father's hand, 
it is an opportunity for you to press into the life of God in Christ Jesus, to discover something more of what it means to live in union with him and for the life of Christ to be manifest in you. So as we draw to a close, let me ask you the question as well. Is he living as a guest in your life? Or is he the host? It makes a world of a difference. And I want to give you this opportunity to make him the host. I'm just going to pray a prayer and then I'm going to close with a, a prayer where I've adapted the words, God be in my head. But first, let's just pray in this practical way. Father, we are staggered at your love for us. We're staggered that, God, you should come in Jesus to be our saviour. God, we are staggered that you would pay the price for our sin in a human body on the tree of Calvary. God, we are staggered that we have been justified freely forever. God, we are staggered that we are made holy in Christ. We're staggered that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and that you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We're staggered that you call us to follow you, to be your disciples. And Lord, you know how we stumble and fall at times and just really sense in this moment there are those that God would come alongside of and say, come on, my child, let's get up and let's walk on again. That there are others who just feel they wish they could get out of the situation they are in or it would go away, but it's your opportunity in this moment to dig into your union in Christ and for his life to be made known in you. And so, where there are those difficulties going on in our lives at this moment, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll help us to look beyond the surface and go deep into you that we may know you and live out your life, that the enemy may be thwarted in our lives and that you may be glorified. And so, Christ be in my head and in my understanding. Christ be in my eyes and in all my looking. Christ be in my mouth and in all my speaking. Christ be in my heart and in all my feeling. Christ be in my very being and in all my doing. Well, it's a big subject. Living in union with Christ. I'd encourage you to go away and think about it and pray and look to God. God wants to call forth your identity, the real you, in Christ Jesus. So may you be blessed as you go out into this week. May you know the, the favor of God in whatever you are doing. May you know the wisdom of God in whatever you encounter. May you know the strength of God in whatever he calls you to. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen.